When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I'm sure I've said this a thousand times, but I'm rewatching or watching King of the Hill right now. And one of my favorite things is Hank has like no ass and it's <laughs> so fucking funny. Like, I feel like that's got to be one of those things where it probably wasn't a conscious choice in the first character description of like. Uh, like the drawing of Hank Hill, but then over time, like some someone probably noticed it and is like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah," and then oh. they probably like, "Let's strip away the ass from season to season." <laughs> Why did we? Uh, here's here's the way. thing that I prefer. I prefer the initial drawing of Hank Hill to just be a beautiful, like like you know, plump, juicy behind on there. And for the art team to go, absolutely not. You have to dial that back. (laughs) What's really funny is somewhere there's like a show Bible that has all the reference images for all of the characters. And there Mm -hmm. are reference images for Hank Hill's ass. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, Johnny, no, don't send Johnny us just sent us a link. You had, you had that ready to go. He had it ready to go. What the fuck am I seeing? So funny. <laughs> oh my god, Jonathan, this you had have... this isn't from the show. This is a Photoshop, right? It's. I promise you, that's, that's from the yeah, show. That's from the show. But also, that's... Johnny has. Do you have like a notepad of all your saved links? And is that just one of them? <laughs> it's an Evernote, <laughs> Evernote oh page. <laughs> like ready to break out my hot links. <laughs> Ah, yes, someone talked about asses. (laughs) This next one's about Sonic. So, we join the Uhuru in the air. I think the Uhuru right now is flying over a steppe. There are sparse clouds in the sky. There is a wide, like, flat surface beneath them of blowing sand, grasses, and baked earth. The sun is hot when you are under it. In all places that are seeing direct sunlight, it is baking 
and it is really difficult. Most of the folk on the deck of the Uhuru are covering themselves in some sort of robe or long sleeves that cover any exposed skin, and those who are actually working have to rotate out of that work quite quickly if they're in the sunlight. However, in the shade, it is freezing the sort of cold that settles into you. It's not humid. It's not aggressive. It's not a Chicago cold. It's not a lake cold. But it is deeply unpleasant and has most of the crew of the Uhuru below decks uh, where they can warm themselves by the furnaces. I want to know, where are our heroes? What what um, season is it? It's winter, baby. Okay. What does that mean for the animal boy? Uh, that means he's a bunny. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. We don't see too much bunny. Mm-mm. We, You know, the bunny showed up early on, mm-hmm. and it's time for a comeback. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, I think that Travis is in... Dreff's office reading like some of the journals that he was keeping about him. You know, in light of all of this new news, I think that that is something that might interest him. I am so glad you said that because that means I can pull up some of the written information that we actually have for that. Ooh. Um, Johnny. What? Have have I, have I, told you already that with the hair and the beard you've kind of got like a Captain America post blip <laughs> or pre blip look to you no but but I do appreciate that it's extremely good if you want I mean I'm it's, I'm leading, now I can't not see it I'm leading a support group um tomorrow if you want to come and just talk Thank about you. you're doing what you can yeah <laughs> Johnny, I would love for you while I'm trying to chase down uh, this information. Could you describe Travis's posture as he's reading? Because I think he's reading as a bunny right now. Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, we are we have already established that there are some accommodations on the ship for when Travis is various animals. So I think that maybe we've made some sort of like stand for a book, like a you know, kind of like a music stand that maybe has some sort of like pulley system that you can use to like, there's basically like an arm that will flip a page for you. (laughs) It's like aggressively steampunk, (laughs) like more gears and knobs than (laughs) or like Travis definitely invented it and it works some of the time, but most of the time it's either John or Gable like, if they hear the noise and like, I'm, do you want me to just turn the page for you? Do you want- I could, okay. I could see it being something that Dref actually used for like when he was doing mm. surgery or something. His speed reading. Uh, oh. <laughs> Too busy. And, and then it's just been like modified for a bunny uh, or a coyote or a snake for basically any animal. I think the bird is maybe the only one mm-hmm. that could potentially turn a page, turn a page on its own. And I think he's, you know, sitting. No, you know how he's sitting. He, you know how bunnies sometimes like lie down on their side. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, he's like that. Mm-hmm. He's like with his <laughs> with his little legs like kind of spread out. 
cute. Have we established how big Bunny Travis is? 8.3 times bigger than a regular bunny, That's I think. That's too yeah. big. That's mm. not, absolutely not. Okay, okay. Like bu- like Bugs Bunny size. Terrifying. <laughs> 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 and anytime he cross-dresses, people get really horny for it. <laughs> Yucky. I can always I can always um, find a ride when I'm hitchhiking as long as I uh, pull pull the skin of my leg up to reveal a sexy leg underneath, <laughs> which in itself is upsetting to think about. <laughs> That's the music that plays whenever uh, Travis is turning pages on his book. <laughs> it's yep. part of it, it's a music box. <laughs> so unnecessary. Can can that's that's the modification that Travis made. <laughs> it's like it worked fine before. Can Arnie make a spear cover of um what's oh powerhouse like a is that what that's co- that song is called? Yeah. What? Wow, I didn't know it had a name. Why did you know that? Because it's a good song. <laughs> what do you? I, I, you I can't I can't. I can't even keep track of the number of times I've been in a factory and needed to play music. And <laughs> but also, like, Johnny, I'm trying to think, because back, I, I mean, back when I assume you would have first heard this and, like, discovered the name, like, to discover the name of that track would have been fucking laborious. Like <laughs> Cartoon factory like music, you, Google I, search. I bet if you search cartoon you factory music. Yeah, you will find it. You'll absolutely find it. Huh. Cartoon uh, I have, speaking of finding things, I, I have found the writing that I was looking for. Nope. Wow. First thing is Powerhouse. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Egg on my face. Egg on it. <laughs> I cannot believe I never saw it before. It's so clear to me now. I am, wait, a step back. A stranger came to town yesterday. We get few travelers, fewer still that have the church's mark of excommunication branded on their faces. He came to the shop and we talked. I think it is difficult to remember anything but the feather. Oh, the feather. It shone like the sun, like gold. He gave it to me. His blood sang the song that I listened to, to what he was really saying, beyond his words. Now the song I hear is deeper, more vital. I look around the shop now, door locked, windows shaded, and it all means so little to me. He gave me the feather, and the feather. When its eye opened, both of mine beheld the truth for the first time. The world is the same as the body. It's mechanisms that move it. Uh, It has life flowing through those mechanisms, the same as the blood that flows through a body. It's all right there. And no one notices. How can they not tell? I don't know where the feather is now. The thrum of its power, though, is inside me. Just a bare, small thing. It's there, though. Nevertheless, I know I can build on this power. If the world is a system like the body, it could be taken apart, used, consumed in the same way that man takes apart an animal, consumes it, and uses it. All I know is that I have to find out. Someone else can have the shop. 
both sides of it. Hell, the entire village of Borzia can burn for all I care. I have to know, and I won't learn it here. Someone else can deal with the stranger's body. Maybe it will feed the hungry the same way my father's did. I don't care. So that wasn't from one of Dreff's journals, but that was from a book that Dreff kept on his shelf. Gotcha. That was, in fact, the book that you recovered from the civility when you recovered the angel feather. From that bad doctor. Mm. Wow. That's a throwback. A throwback for Travis, indeed, because this person is someone that Travis knew at least at a distance, this person was the warden of the prison that Travis and Gable spent their time in oh so many years ago. Interesting. Well, I was hoping to read a little more about me, but (laughs) this is fine too, I suppose. Well, here's the thing, Travis. I kind of think that like in bunny form, It's so much effort to get the book down. Mm. Once you've got a book (laughs) open, you're kind of its prisoner until you have a human body again. Hmm. Is that feather the one that I touched and made made me have spooky visions? No, that feather was Jonnet's. Um, You don't know if the feather that you're reading about now is is the same feather. You do know that it or it seems as though this is an angel feather for Mm. sure. Can someone help? I think I have maybe a bell that I ring when I need help. Ugh. Uh, I absolutely love that. I mean, yeah, you've got to have like a string that's like tied up to a bell that rings somewhere else in the ship. I, uh, I, feel, like, I feel like we we like cut to a flashback of Travis like explaining this to everyone. Like, okay, I've installed this bell. So when I am a rabbit or a coyote or one of the other things... I can what ring if it. the bell is too high for you to reach in that particular animal form? Uh, it's pretty high up right now. Excellent question, Jonathan. That is why there is this incredibly long string. So no matter how big I am, I can pull the string. Okay, this and string then, lines out the door. Well, this is too long a string. Well, I'll just I'll just drag the string with me wherever I go on the ship. That's and then I'll ring it. Wait, and you'll okay, know. but if you need, hang on, but if you it's need someone pins. and you're on the deck of the ship, you ring the bell. The bell is ringing in Dreff's office. Well, People are going to come to Dreff's office. Yes, and that's where I will leave a note that says, You can find me extremely here. Travis, help. That's J- Travis, just wear the tiny bell on your body. I am not wearing go- a bell. I am not a cat, and I will not wear a bell. <laughs> But I'm a bunny. No one else in the ship knows your proclivities yet, although I don't know why they wouldn't because you haven't been exactly (laughs) secretive for the past arc. But also that means anyone in the ship could just ring the bell because there's a bell to ring and it's fun to pull a string. But so we I, know. Mm-hmm. I, I, Very fun to pull uh, a string. You are all bringing up such excellent points, uh, uh, almost as if you think I haven't thought this through. Okay. I will have a <laughs> well, secret then what, do you have jingle. Answers? A secret. I will have a secret jingle that only 
we know. Okay. So now so we the, have to learn the, the secret jingle. We have you, to learn another thing. You don't have to learn to play the jingle. You just have to learn to hear the jingle. But I think play. Travis, I'm trying to learn the stars. So what's one more? There are a billion stars. What's one there are not, tiny and more? You there are absolutely not here. a billion stars. There were a billion stars up until Travis was like a young man, like look in at, his twenties, and so, then the stars fell from the sky. Look, and when one I, of them became his very his very best enemy. When I was your age, we had ten times as many stars. You've got it easy. Okay, the one I, star you need to know is me. <laughs> All wink, I'm saying wink. is that if, if you can take the time to learn about a bunch of stars and a bunch of, of, I don't know, sandwiches or whatever you're going to learn, Gable, then I think that you can probably <laughs> learn one jingle from a bell to know when I am in need. Okay. I was proud okay, of my Travis? peanut butter and marshmallow sandwich, and I won't be chastised for it. <laughs> I didn't. I'm just learning about putting things between two slices of bread, and it's new to me. And you shouldn't make fun of me for <laughs> no, learning something that's new to me. You should be supporting me. So I think what I'm learning right now is that Gable is like working with Slam, who. We've established Slam has like a very pro sandwich plot line <laughs> that is part of his complicated character journey in history. We're doing so. we're doing a work exchange. Like I teach him how to uh, like do do the wheel, be a helmsperson, person, and then he gives me sandwiches. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's very good. I like that very much. But let's cut back to the present. What does this jingle sound like, Johnny? I I, I need to know. I think there there are two ways that this can go. <laughs> And I think that one is it's extremely complicated. Perhaps it's the song Powerhouse. And the other way that it could go is it's literally just a regular <laughs> jingle. <laughs> I don't know I, which is funnier. I cannot tell the difference. I, you need to explain to me how this is different. No, listen. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. That's okay. That's what everyone does. No, someone, th- someone else would probably do something like this. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. That but I will go ding-ding-ding. Okay. Ding. Travis? Yes. Travis. All right. It is not necessary. It's, ne- it's kind of up to the, the bell to decide if it dings or ding-a-lings. No. No, you see, mine goes ding-ding-ding-ding-da-ding-ding. And theirs goes ding-ding-ding-da-ding-ding-ding-ding. Uh, no, I kind of think it's actually the difference between uh, uh, the baseline from Under Pressure and the Vanilla Ice sample of it. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 ding, 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 a linging. <laughs> I don't under I don't understand what you're not understanding. It's <laughs> okay, all right. Stop. We will collaborate on this if you listen. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Travis, ding, ding, Travis, ding, ding. all right. We are in hour two of this, and I have not looked at my maps. <laughs> Whose fault is that? In, it's, you're standing on the map. <laughs> Did you well, know if you put the bread on top of the fire, it makes it nice and crispy? <laughs> the sandwich is, gives it a nice crunch. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's remain in the present now. The bell... <laughs> Has rung. It is ringing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> John, it just shows up. Hey, are you, what, what's what's up? 
I would like Did another you do book. a thing. No, I would like a different book, please. What's wrong with that book? It's boring, and I'm not in it at all. Not even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you are later on, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. And I'm not going to read the you whole thing. Well, that's true. You don't know. You don't know that it is the same person writing this book yet, because no one has taken the time to investigate a thing that I've paid to be written. And I will do everything in my power to ensure that we don't. The, the moment you said that, James, I'm never going to look at this shit. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that's guaranteed well, now that we'll never explore this book. So John, absolutely not. I'm sure there is. Would you please throw this book out the window and then get me a better book? <laughs> okay, I'm not going to throw the book out the window, please. but I will take it away from you so you don't have to look at it. John, please throw it out the window. I'm not gonna throw it out the window. All right, I'll I'll okay, I'll fine. line, just tear, just I'll line one of the bird the cages then. with it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to the Griffins and I'm gonna line I'm gonna line the 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 crap quarter with this book. Okay, Is that will you be happy now? That would be that would be great. And I would never tell them this, but I do think it's very impressive that Gable was able to teach the Griffins to all crap in one corner. <laughs> it's, did it have to be the same corner though it's, you, it's yeah, same. you would think that they would give them each their own corner but instead they have to it's just a giant pile because but then you only have to go to one place that's the thing it's a one very oh, but then bad you're place in that same place for an, an afternoon it's Full just afternoon. one very bad place and you know exactly where that place is instead of many different places <laughs> Jeff, uh, i'm not the here. size of griffin crap is that 8.3 times larger than regular bird crap? Yeah, I mean, it has to be, right? Like, it absolutely has to be. Hmm. Because the alternative is somehow griffins are extremely efficient and just produce tiny, normal bird turds. Maybe Which? that's how they grew so big. Mm. Mm. Just mm. keeping all They're the storing nutrients. storing that energy. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to consider this. I'm, gonna mull, <laughs> I'm not going to make a decision on this because it's you, really important. you've brought... Yeah, you... <laughs> You've really made some good arguments here, and I just need to think through it. Uh, Jonnet takes that book. He takes it. He looks at it, and he's like, I'm not going to tear this up. But he does go to, like, one of the books up on one of the higher shelves, and he grabs two books back to be- that are side by side. Right, would they necessarily be labeled, like, like, like three and four, journals, seven, like I, I think year. so. I think Dreff had his own system. I, I feel like it's like almost Dewey Decimal system. Yeah. Um, so so he gets like the point one four five and the point one four six journal, and he takes those two down. And he puts up the other book, just kind of like haphazard, and he's like, "All right, you got two. Okay, you can pick which one you want. I don't know if you're in this." Don't know if you're featured. There's nothing written on the front or the back of the cover. Okay, but this is what you got. Could you look for pictures? <laughs> Jonnet, Jonnet opens his eye. <laughs> I love this. All right, what are you doing? Um, so he's going to, uh, he's going to like focus on the idea of a picture of or a mention of Travis, and he's going to try and see if the eye will point him in the direction to a book that like has Travis gossip. <laughs> When, okay, please, when Jonna uh, opens his eye, he can read a book the way Johnny Five can read a book in short circuit, <laughs> where it's just. Yes. Through, yeah. uh, I think about you... that visual often. It's it's an incredible visual. 
It's amazing yeah. how much the movie Short Circuit has stuck with us. Um, John, it needs that's input. Input. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's please, uh, Tyler, uh, spend three strain and roll an arcane check for me. Uh, I'm going to make this an average check. I love that you are spending oh. strain to find a picture of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, God, I, at some point I will learn my lesson, but I need to, <laughs> look, I need to look up my fucking character site. Uh, she, Genesis uh, Emporium, which I folks I found the f- people who are currently programming Genesis Emporium. I joined their Discord, <gasps> and uh-huh. they helped me make it work on Chrome again. <gasps> so, uh, oh, nice. you know that That's is really a supported cool. platform. It's not dead. Our character sheets are going to be safe forever. I feel very good about it. Good, good, hmm. good. That's super cool. That that's even kind of a thing. Yeah, they have their own Discord. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. What am I rolling against? So we would be rolling against two purple for this one. It is an average check. Our using the divine uh, power of the universe to essentially do a reference search at a library. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to rule that Jonnet is right now uh, in order to look up the whole shelf he is standing on the card catalog that Dref maintains. <laughs> yes. They could have just looked at. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Uh, I'm sorry, you said two two purple? Uh, yes, two purple. Okay, great. Cool. And so bloop. That is gonna be... Ugh, come on. All right. Uh, so that is <laughs> two threats. Okay, Jeez. so I I am gonna rule that you do find it because like you, there wasn't a success, there wasn't a failure involved in there. So I'm ruling that you were successful, but the success is is bad for you. In that you do find the journal that is entitled "All About Travis," <gasps> and one of the things <laughs> that we know about Dref is that Dref is an artist like in his own right because he does medical like drawings and whatnot. Uh, He's also a caricaturist. He did things like draw a picture of himself on a fancy bicycle for his rudder sabotage kit that he put together. You know, labeling things in that way is just one of the quirks that he had. So there's all about Travis. When you open it up on the interior of this picture, like that full page spread, is a tasteful nude of Travis Madigo uh, that Travis insisted that Dref do in order to like, if like, well, if you're going to write about me, I'll need you to put something identifiable, a wow factor in it. Um, so you see your eye searches for this and it sees this and you absorb the information, not only that this thing exists in now a memory that you can't get out of your head, but you actually see it happening. You see oh, no. the scene of Travis, like <laughs> having set up the elaborate lounging. set for this lounging and there's the a bowl full... of fruit right in front of his junk. Yeah. The full eight hours. Hours that it took Dref to draw this, you now have that scene from Dref's perspective in your mind. So in the way that it couldn't be erased from Dref's mind, it is now a part of your memory as well. <laughs> they, so okay, so there's there's this. Jonnet reaches out, um, 
finds the book and then like sees the scene and then we cut back to kind of like a wide shot of John looking up at the books and then he just kind of drops his head shakes his head turns to Travis what is your deal man <laughs> I just want to like, read about myself what do you mean? And then, so, and then, like without without even looking, John like grabs the book and then just like lets the bottom half of of the book fall open and it's on the page. And then it like yes, it, like it folds out like two extra times. Travis had had uh, dressed staple in like an extra a couple extra folds of paper. What? Who is this for? Ugh. I, I don't know who would want it. There's a fruit bowl in the way. <laughs> Awful. Uh, and so, okay, John, it's like, he folds it back up. He he tosses it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go get a smoothie. You want anything? <laughs> I'm going to the mess hall. I would love a smoothie, but but don't blend it because I can't use a straw. No, so John, it, John of- it throws his hands in the air and he walks out the door. <laughs> just <laughs> hit me up when you're l- less. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, <laughs> I really like the instruction of I want a smoothie, but don't blend it. So could you please bring me back some cold fruit and like yogurt I'm and ice? I'm a bunny. Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. We're back! Heroes, I want to thank everyone for being patient with us during our break. Uh, It was a huge help to Casey. He got to take a couple weeks off and get ahead on editing work, and I had fun checking in on some of my favorite side characters. But now we're back with the main campaign, and I wanted to let folks know what to expect. Uh, This week and next week, we've got two bottle episodes kind of wrapping up the Ungoni arc. Once the bottle episodes are out of the way, we're going to be starting on a new mini arc with our brand new cast member playing Oromar Vale. I am so excited to announce who our new performer is, but of course that announcement is coming when we post the actual episode itself. Or maybe the day before, I really haven't decided, actually, but it's, it's going to be happening later. Of course, we've got more cool stuff going on over here at Skyjack's HQ, because yesterday, the new season of Skyjack's Courier's Call premiered over on the Courier's Call feed. Heroes, if you haven't started in on Courier's Call yet, this is the time to do it. We're starting a brand new season with new adventures from June, Kieran, and Cece. And hopefully you got to know some of them in our bonus arc where they met Jolly Jack. I love everything that the Courier's Call team is doing, and I encourage you to go check it out if you haven't already. It's more Skyjacks, and how can you not want that? Heroes, I wanted to remind everyone that I am going to be doing a special world-building stream with my friend, fantasy author Alexandra Rowland. 
That's coming up on Thursday, July 29th at 6 p.m. Central Time over on the OneShot Twitch stream. We're going to be using selections from my newest book, The Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide, uh, to create a world of our own right before your very eyes. And of course, because it's on the Twitch stream, we're going to be collaborating a little bit with the chat. You won't want to miss it, so once again, that is 6 p.m. Central Time on July 29th over at twitch.tv slash OneShotRPG. Kane, thank you. Bethany Tomerlin, thank you so much. Adam, thank you. Anthony Floriani, thank you very much. Jessica Longacre, thank you. Dawn, thank you so much. Rob Nessie, thank you very much. Damon J. Watkins, thank you. Nico Espada, thank you very much. Casey Kindred, thank you so much. Ronald Masters, thank you. Mitsutani, thank you so much. Corvus Regis, thank you very much. Garrett Merck. Thank you. Alia Ganaposki. Thank you very much. Edward Wills. Thank you so much. Withens. Thank you. Nuclear Cupcake. Thank you very much. And Joanna Bramble. Thank you. Thanks again to all of our backers on Patreon. You make this show possible. Heroes, we've got more exciting Patreon rewards for you coming soon, so you'll want to make sure you're subscribed to at least our $5 level to access that bonus content. Now, finally, before we get back to the show, I've got a advertisement to read here this far into the mid-roll. And this one comes to us from The Pod Has Been Cast, a sci-fi D&D actual play podcast. Join Voidmaster Jules with Bianca, Carlos, and Robert as they tell the story of three Voidfarers and the adventures that await them at the endless sea of swirling darkness they call the Void. Inspired by sci-fi classics like Firefly, Farscape, Cowboy Bebop, and the Mass Effect series, the pod has been cast is perfect for any and all lovers of cosmic gunslingers, cyberpunk hackers, and robots. They actually quite possibly have too many robots, but you can judge for yourself by heading over to thephbcast.com or finding them on Instagram and Reddit at thepodhasbeencast, or of course, heading to your favorite podcast app and subscribing now. Once again, this show is GM'd by Jules, who you will recognize from the Skyjacks live show as the person who auditioned for the crew who was actually just a big pile of cats. Jules is always so much fun to play with, and I know you'll enjoy any show they run. So head out and subscribe now. And now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. So let's follow Jonnet. You're you're moving over to the kitchens in the ship. Yeah, um, I guess Slam has been doing this thing where he's been making a lot of culinary discoveries. One of them is that he can place many different fruits in his bicep and flex, <gasps> and that's like an instant pulpified smoothie. And so yeah. they're and also they're delicious. Um, well, I- Yeah, I I think Slam is, you know, embarking on a new culinary journey because he is studying now under a new tutor. You know, he used to work with with B or uh, Hornet the Wasp Beeman, Mm -hmm. um, who now is in command of her own ship. But now he is studying under Fela Ferretti. 
who has a much more frenetic and experimental energy to cooking. And so he's like, so I think Fella is the one who really encouraged Slam. Yeah, put some fruit between your muscles and let's see what happens if you squeeze them. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, like we see there is a line of people waiting as as we can see slam is right now i think he's shirtless and he, like the various muscular crevices of his body are like covered in fruit and <laughs> in, in frozen fruit how is fruit frozen in this universe we're gonna explore that Don't later listen Don't to the all my questions. fantasy skyjacks episodes <laughs> we'll figure it out um <laughs> But like, there's there's a moment of like a heavy silence in the air as everybody on uh, who's waiting on the line is like sort of watching, and Slim goes, and uh, he flexes his muscles and like streams of. Uh oh. Oh, James is gone. Oh no. Uh, Oh god. Okay, so here's what happens. Slim, he he squishes. A bunch of oranges together, and and then this situation. No, James. No, <laughs> this is a new thing that he is. Uh, he, he has a friend named Julius. Uh, Julius, uh, who is a, a young childhood friend of his, who passed away very suddenly uh, from a in. He was very ill, and no one could find. Uh, it was a real Balto situation. There was a medicine that was coming for his friend Julius across a great mountain top, but poor Julius passed away before the Balto could get his medicine to him. So <laughs> the it's a drink he made in tribute. It's called an orange Julius. Oh, oh no, you're back. All right, so. Slam flexes and then jets of smoothie kind of explode out from all directions around his body. Uh, We can see uh, crew members of the Uhuru holding up glasses so that they can catch the delicious smoothie from the air as everybody cheers. Yeah! 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 Grapefruit! (laughs) It's the best day ever! Jonnet kind of strolls up to a crewmate and it's just like, how long have you been waiting in line? We've been waiting in line for two hours, but only because we love the show of it. Oh, so you're not here for an actual smoothie? Can I get no. in front of you? Oh, I guess. Oh, okay. It's kind of it's kind of the whole package. You come for like the experience, and then the Falcon, and then the fight. Look, no, no, I'm gonna come back for the eight o'clock show for for sure. Okay. I'm just right now. I just kind of want a smoothie. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows, next show's at 8 o'clock, but there's plenty of squeegee smoothie left. If you, you Oh, yes, we got squeegee! <laughs> like, uh, he comes up, and I guess there's like there's like a cart full of like the equivalent of like plastic little Dixie cups that are just like a couple shooters of, of it, and Jonnet grabs three and like, keep at it, Slam! <laughs> You're a real artist. Slam, you can see him scraping the, the smoothie off the body into the Dixie cup. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> He like salutes him and taps taps one on the ground and shoots it, crumples it up, throws it over his shoulder. Yeah, I I think like as you turn to go somewhere else, you bump into Gable. Oh, oh, oh! Is the show over? Oh, it's it. all right. Uh, I got some. I got some. <laughs> I've got some Lucy's. 
oh, that's all right. I'm more there for the experience and the companionship of going out with with friends for something that's new and interesting. Oh, okay. Well, he's got an eight o'clock. I'll hit you up if I'm if I'm coming this way. Perfect. Do you want to do a driving lesson? We're starting that in about thirty minutes. Driving for the Griffin boat. Yes. Oh, that's the, the, vehicle the boats. We have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course. You don't uh, John, have to. It's just something to pass the time. I, look, it's either this or dealing with Travis again. Uh, he oh, takes gosh. another shot of another. Uh, Lucy throws it. And he's got one more, and then <laughs> and this one he's just gonna like sip on like a like a like a cool shot of vodka. Is Travis making you turn his pages again? Not anymore. I walked out for a smoothie. <gasps> good for you. You're, I'm it's good learning. to set boundaries. <laughs> Sometimes you just remove yourself from the situation. Uh, this conversation is happening while these two are moving their way up to the top deck where the helm is. We can see that there is a line of trainee helmspeople. Each of them has a student helmsperson-like label on them. In, in this line, I think we've got Nodos. I feel like we've got Jane and Pliff. Uh, but who else is, is learning to, to the, do the helm? Who is there? Who's on boat? Johnny, why don't you tell us someone that that you might play? (laughs) Oh, brother. Um, Can I make up a new person? Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, His name is Bowser. We don't have a Bowser on this ship. We don't. I, we, you're, you're absolutely right. Based on your background right now, I hate the direction that this is going, but I'm powerless (laughs) to stop you. That's his name. His, he's a guy. He's a good guy. I think that he is a big man. I think that he is. He's turtle shaped, kind of uh, like. <laughs> oh, is he? I think that he's sort of like a a gruff version of Dana Carvey in Master of Disguise. Oh no! Mm-hmm. How how does he dress? Well, turtly. Tur- turtly, yeah. To get he's, into the turtle club, he's he does dress turtly enough to get into the turtle club. He, I think, he wears like a coat, like a bane coat. Oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, so, I, I guess my my question is: there are is there a spiked collar or armbands involved at oh, all? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, okay. he's got he's got the um definitely the armbands. I think he wears a studded belt too. God, and and like um. He wears like um, docks for sure. Well, there, there, there we go. Uh, Gable Jonnet has followed you up. There, there's your class ready to learn the helm in this, you know, re- relatively uh, low wind period. It's, it's not very dangerous to sail at this time. The only issue is that it's a little brisk out because it is winter. Gable finds a, a table nearby and sits on it like a cool teacher. Fuck. Good morning, class. I said good morning. Uh, good morning, instructor. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How'd everyone do with the homework? <laughs> Pliff goes to raise his hand, and we can see that Pliff is wearing an eye patch right now, and, and Jane just grabs the wrist and puts it down for him. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. It seems that the homework was not done which is the right thing to do because the homework was to 
break the wheel. And that's one of the first things we learn when we're driving is not to break the wheel. Uh, and now that, that you know that. <laughs> Bowser slowly like lowers his hand as a part of the wheel uh, snapped off. In it. <laughs> so b- before we begin, we're going to do a lot of hands on today. We have some time to get everyone a, a, a turn or two. But first, let's go over some safety. What do we remember about the three S's of ship driving? Safety, safety, safety. Yes, that's exactly it. It's safety, safety, and safety. I thought there was a fourth S where it was... Yeah, what's the secret fourth S? Slippery, because (laughs) boats are slippery and you might fall off. Yes, and that is a subset of the third safety. The safety, the third safety is to remind you that, yes, you must be even safer because it is slippery. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I have kind of had the experience uh, uh, in, in taking the wheel where... If you have it and things are going okay, mm-hmm. maybe a gust of wind will happen that will cause you to like miss your step and all of a sudden you've fallen and you're on your knees and you try to get up, but you get up and the wheel is spinning in the opposite direction and it hits you and in the face And then you go around times. and you keep on bonking your head. Yes, yeah, it's a pretty yeah, common experience. Yeah. And I, that's it is, I think everyone, okay. wait, who was saying that? <laughs> this is Pliff. Okay, I think in that moment, like everybody around Pliff just like chuckles and laughs because this has not happened to anybody else. <laughs> It's a very common experience, right? Uh, well, I, sure. That's never that's never happened to me, but I I have sure. had you know the thing where uh, sometimes it'll it'll hit you in the head, and then right where it bonked you in the head, a big uh, tall um, lump will grow on your head that's maybe like six inches or a foot tall. Yeah, that's yeah. also pretty less, common. That, or that things happen to me for sure. Yes, less people less people laugh at that, and John it starts to realize like. Oh my god. <laughs> this wheel is is fucking up the crew. <laughs> and also there's the alternative version of that experience where it keeps on hitting you in your head but your head keeps on going down into your shirt until it disappears completely. Which so is a, a which of... is a big problem for someone uh, like me. Everyone is Absolutely. nodding their head except for Jonnet. Jonnet looks like what is what <laughs> Now Gable uh, I've been reading the manual, and I, I, I've got some concerns. You mentioned that if uh, conditions are ever severe enough for the wheel to fully dislodge itself, that you'll have to chase it as it rolls around the <laughs> ship. And should it disappear into a doorway or a tunnel, that you we shouldn't follow it in because that's most likely been painted on the wall or in the instance that it's real, a, a very big train will come through the opposite direction as soon as we go in. How do you recover it? Uh, well, and fo- a follow-up question, what's a yes. train? <laughs> uh, uh, next very question. good question. <laughs> That's a different part of our driving. That's a different vehicle. Uh, this is a vehicle training. It's A, a, a train is like a land Wait, boat. vehicle training? What? <laughs> yes. For the train? Yes. So this is a boating? Yes. Okay, we're boating yes. right now, and then later we'll be training. Yeah, we're when boat we learn training how to, and training. When we and learn then how to drive we'll the train. Tra- we'll, we'll be train boating, yes. Okay, wait, what? Yes. All <laughs> right, train but in, in, in the previous question, it depends on whether you are the protagonist or the antagonist. If you're the protagonist, you are probably I, beset upon, and everything will not work out in your favor. If you are I, the antagonist— I'd argue, I'd argue that everyone is the protagonist in their own story. 
That's oh, true, yeah, but it depends on, uh, you have to think about the external viewer. Like if there's someone from the crow's nest and it seems like you are being the aggressor, it will always come down on you. Uh, the world would not work out in the way that you want. So you have to become kind of responsive and be on the defensive so the world will flow in the way that you want to. It's part of the whole system. Unless it's a Buttons and Mindy. Excuse me? Unless it's a Buttons and Mindy or Baby's Day Out. You mentioned it in the manual here that oh, yes, sometimes when you're the protagonist, bad things will happen to you. But if you have too many moments where you take a look at the camera where you go, oh boy, can you believe this is happening? Uh, bad things will just keep happening and you will get the blame for them. But the wheel will be seen, you know, as unproblematic. Yeah, like that, like that one time that I was being babysat by a rabbit and I was trying to get cookies and I was uh, crawling across the counter and across the stove. And as I was crawling across the stove, my foot kept turning on all of the burners. I didn't know this was happening, <laughs> but then the rabbit caught on fire. And once oh, he yeah. caught on fire, he started running around I the room in a circle, you know, because he was on fire. Uh, on but fire. I did get the cookies in the end. Yes. And then you hit, you say, cut. And then mm-hmm. you're, you've parked the ship. <laughs> And that's 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 pretty much it. So I'm anyway, noticing that the helm is a very complicated responsibility. It's more about your personality and how you work with the wheel. And that's the most important part. The wheel is an individual experience to everyone. So who Can wants I, to get their greasy little paws on here? Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> All right, Bowser, what I want you to do is get up, and I don't want you to move the wheel at all. I just want you to demonstrate uh, the proper grip and hand distance. Bowser takes – he had ripped off one of the, like, handles. So he, like, takes that out and, like, spits on it and then, like, sticks it on where it was supposed (laughs) to go. Um, Okay, if I remember correctly, we're supposed to keep our hands at um, uh, 11 and 3 – and uh, that's it. We just stand still. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Here I go. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So what does everyone notice about Bowser right now? Um, I'm noticing that, well, I, and this is just from the outside. And if, you know, he's a, it seems like he's a little slouched. I feel like if the if things start to get hairy, you might want to like have to straighten up, which would be one extra step, and might mm-hmm. behoove to maybe just be propped up the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm noticing the the small man from uh, Japan who is sneaking up on him to grab his tail and swing him around. Oh, no, no, Luigi, no, no, no. Luigi, <laughs> Luigi, we're in the middle of something. <laughs> Luigi, we're in the middle of something right now. I've I've rented the space. I've rented the deck for this uh, for this hour. Luigi, I was here to play a tennis. <laughs> I yes. thought I had it reserved for the tennis. For thirty, Luigi, I have the space now. Oh. I rented it. You didn't check the calendar. Well, I thought I thought that I got the confirmation. No, you think you get the confirmation, but it, it did it go into your inbox? Did Where? you get the confirmation in your inbox? Everyone yeah, has no. an inbox. <laughs> 
I just thought I just thought once you make it should it shouldn't have let you make it a reservation unless it's open. But you're not gonna get a decline. That's the, the it's not the way that Outlooks works. You're not gonna get a decline. It just looks like you've made the appointment and then it's just double booked. Oh wait until my brother and my cousin and his cousin find out about this. You keep talking about your brother and your cousin and his cousin. Just like either either invite them to the ship or just like stop talking about them. <laughs> They're not here. No, they're they're, no they they they'll come. I, they'll they'll be here eventually. Uh huh. Well, we have to we have to download the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we met one of them in Nordia already. Oh dang, we did. <laughs> Which one? Yeah. Wario. Uh, we met Wario. We did meet Wario. Okay. Gable had an encounter with Wario. Oh yeah, Wario's pretty much dead. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think I think we killed him. Well, he was my brother's cousin, so I don't think uh, we Luigi? were related. <laughs> what? I have this space until four. You would need to go. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm really sorry about that. Um, it's a, it's just fr- a friend from thing. work. You cannot bring your personal drama to the helm. This is the most important thing. Mm-hmm, if you right, are not right, a focused right. driver, if you're a distracted driver, yeah, if yeah. you are... If someone's trying to bonk you over the head while you're driving, you're simply going to miss those three-point turns. Oh, he, we usually... cut We cut to the past where Gable is at the helm and Travis is just trying to bother them. May I bonk you on the head? <laughs> no! Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone give a hand ra- a round of applause to Bowser. Fantastic Good job. Good stuff. Fantastic. Good stuff. Good stuff. Woo. Thank you. All right. Okay, so I've got a question, Gable. Yes. In the event that we are uh, in another, like, heated encounter and, you know, everything's mm. going crazy and stuff's popping off and we need to make a hard left turn. Like, yeah. is there, do we ever run the risk of capsizing the ship a hundred percent. Is that a thing or does the bottom weight keep us weighted down? Or is it something where it's like we cut one single rope and suddenly we can do it one time and it looks really cool? Well, that is very interesting. And that is a whole ship holistic question. Like perhaps uh, it, 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 this is a, a hypothetical scenario. If we were to make that kind of turn, perhaps I would tell all, the entire crew to move to the right. So if we would balance out the ship and then if perhaps, oh, uh, if there was a situation where we needed to go to an alternate plane and to do that, we needed to flip the ship over. Mm-hmm. We could do a fun cartoony run where everyone runs to one side mm-hmm. and shakes the boat to one side and then mm-hmm. runs to the other side and shakes the boat so we move that momentum it's just about bringing the entire crew in on the driving mm-hmm. experience ship synergy yeah yes yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly hmm okay okay uh, okay uh, and that way we find jack sparrow Pliff Pliff moves up to take the wheel. He strikes a position, you know, very similar to to Bowser's. He's he's got his his hands at three and uh, what is it nine? (laughs) Yeah, wait, three is here. So it's just like really tight. Three is right here. It's not ten and two. Ten and two is old information. Mm -hmm. Before we had airbags, which I don't know how it works in the Skyjacks universe, but we obviously have airbags. Mm 
yeah, so it's 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 nine and three. So you know he, he takes this, and for a minute he's looking pretty good. You know the wind is is blowing through his hair. Pliff is is still you know like he's in his late teen years. There's still a little bit of development that needs to take place for Pliff. But like now with the sun catching his face and the wind catching his hair in this way, there is an echo of the man he will one day be. We can see how his jaw might develop, how his muscles might swell, how this lovable goof-up might one day turn into a hearty skyjack. And then, behind him, somewhere on the ship, a rope snaps and a hook like flails wildly. It moves across the deck and it grabs onto his underwear and uh, hoists him up away from the wheel high onto the ship. He is now hanging from heart boxers and spinning in the air, screaming wildly. Again? What? <laughs> the- all right. That so is uncanny. It, what the did last we week's... learn? What did we learn from this scenario? Honestly, I don't know. I feel like there was a lesson the fourth time this happened. We're on seven. <laughs> it's, yes. I'll cut him down. We need stronger ropes. We need stronger ropes. We need less Jane hooks. runs off <laughs> to climb the rigging. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can't bring your own personal baggage to the helm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. <laughs> well, that's all there is for today. I would like everyone to create their own homework in their mind. And then <laughs> and during our next lesson, you tell me what you think it would have been. Uh, all right. Yes. I'm really good that's at this. A, this is a real Montessori <laughs> education here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we can see Nodos was like scribbling in his notebook. We, the audience, have the privilege of seeing that he was writing over the page, Mr. Nodos Gable Skyjacks. Uh, Mr. Skyjacks is like, it looks like the camera got too close. He slams the book shut, nods to Gable and the others and, and scoots away. <laughs> well, Jonnet, that's a... Did did you did you learn anything? I know that you're a star watcher, so it's okay if you zoned out. Hey, you know, it's always important to know what other people are going through in their job so that you can work better together. I did zone out, but I'm glad I showed up. <laughs> it's a good managerial strategy. Yeah. It is at this point getting late in the afternoon, which because this is winter, it also means that the sun is setting soon. Uh, the dinner bell rings across the ship, and uh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I gotta go check with Travis. I gotta go check with Travis. I guess I'll be back. Yeah, we gotta double check. There's no. I'll go with you. I don't. There's no way to know the difference. <laughs> Sky Jacks. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. 
Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like Character Creation Cast. Character Creation Cast is a discussion podcast where Amelia Antrim and Ryan Bolletier create characters in multiple role-playing games with prominent guests from around the game's community. Each month, Character Creation Cast examines the character generation process in depth in a different game with new guests each series. They always take the time to reflect on the game, its design, and what guests have to say about it. Think of it as sitting in on a great Session Zero every week. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y. P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter, at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.